Due to technical difficulties, we lost the first 15 minutes of this Sunday's sermon. However, Pastor TJ has re-recorded those missing portions, and the following audio is that re-recording and the original recording from this Sunday. We pray that you are blessed, encouraged, and motivated as we complete this sermon series on the gospel. Well, this is the gospel, part five. In the last four weeks, we've been covering the four core truths of the gospel. And the first core truth that we have to know and understand and so that we can share with others is that God is our creator and we are accountable to him. The second core truth is that man has rebelled against God. We rebelled against that authority, him being our creator. And number three, God's solution to humanity's sin is the sacrificial death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of what Christ has done, core truth number four is that we can be included in this salvation by believing in Jesus Christ. And we can summarize these four by simply saying, God, man, Christ, response. In other words, God is our our creator. Man rebelled against him and didn't like God's authority. Christ through love came and died for each one of us. And now we can respond to that sacrificial act of love and come to Him. And so this morning I want to talk about the kingdom of God and how it relates to the gospel. And Jesus talked about the kingdom throughout the gospels. In Matthew four twenty three, He said, And Jesus went about, it says, And, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And then we see in Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And then we see in Acts 28 a summary of, of Paul's ministry described in uh, verse 30 and 31, and it says, And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house, and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God, and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ, with all confidence, no man forbidding him. So, we see that the kingdom of God is mentioned throughout the New Testament, It's important, but now we ask the question, what is the kingdom of God? And we can say the kingdom of God in simple terms is the domain of the king. The domain of the king. And when we look at that word Greek, the the word kingdom in the Greek, it means this, royal power, kingship, dominion, rule, not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. And so this is not talking about uh, a piece of land where you've got a king and set up that way. This is spiritually speaking that God is the royal power. He is the king. He has dominion and rule over who? Us. He's talking about us. He's not talking about those who do not have Christ He's talking about those who have given their lives over to Christ, His children. It's His rule over us. So the kingdom of God, as we said earlier in simple terms, is the domain of the king. 
It's the domain over his children, his rule over us. And how does he rule? Now, just like we have uh, you know, kingdoms and there's been a king and, and a land and that sort of thing, he rules a certain way. Well, how does God do it uh, and rule his kingdom? He does it through us. Because it says in Luke 17 that the kingdom of God is within us. And we'll pick up reading in verse 20. It says, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And so what does that mean? It means that God rules in our hearts. He is our ultimate authority. He is ruling over us, and He does that in us. And when when God takes over, when He we give our life over to Him, and it's not that we're puppets, because that's not what He's talking about, because we choose to serve Him through our own free will, just like someone who's in a kingdom that has a king, they would choose to serve Him uh, you know, on their own free will. And if they didn't, they would be treason. And so we're we're choosing to serve God through our own free will. And we would call that becoming kingdom-minded. Or you may have heard that phrase, you know, kingdom-motivated. And all that really means is that our main agenda in life becomes bringing glory to God. We bring glory to Him by serving the King. We make that conscious choice that we're going to allow Him to rule in our hearts. And we serve Him. God's rule begins on our hearts, and then it expands in our actions. And this is why God taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And this simply means that the Christian life, it's not about avoiding God's wrath. It's much more than that. It's about that being in that right relationship with God and being with Him forever and being under His rule. In other words, it's about becoming a citizen of His eternal kingdom. Your kingdom come, and then His will is done through us here on the earth. But first, we have to submit ourselves to God. Now, there's another aspect to this definition of, about the kingdom that we need to add. And we look in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. It says, who, now the who here meaning the Father, so we'll just say this, the Father hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of of sins. It's his redemptive rule and reign. It's the loving sovereignty he exercises over his own people. Because he died and rose again, we are redeemed through Christ, through his blood. So this is a redemptive rule. It's a loving rule. It's a heavenly father who loves it. And you know, you think of kings and men and they usually somewhere along the line abuse their power and do things they're not supposed to do. That's not our God. Can you say amen to that? That's a good thing. It's, we, we serve a loving God. We serve a loving King. We are subject to a loving Heavenly Father who, who loves us beyond words that, can, that we can even describe. We, can, we can't even describe His love. It, it is so vast. It is so uh, ultimate. And the thing is, is that when we get into a place 
where we understand about His redemptive rule. And we know that because of what all that He has done for us, that we give thanks to Him by walking worthy of the Lord. By walking worthy. That's what we do. See, the thing, when we know, man, we understand God sent His Son. He sent His Son to die for us. And He redeemed us. And now we have entered into the kingdom of God as a citizen of His kingdom. We are now a citizen of the kingdom of God. And we are under His rule. And we know that that He sacrificed all for us. And we do that. It's like we want to lay our life down and be a living sacrifice for the King of kings. The Lord of glory, right? And we do that and we give thanks to Him. Just like it said in the Lord's Prayer... That your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. He does his will through us. So we will, we're about his business. We want to walk worthy of the Lord. And we'll look at these verses before verses 13 and 14 in Colossians. And we'll start in verse 9. It says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Now this phrase, unto all pleasing, is the part I want us to focus on. Because we're to please the Lord. That should be our desires, that when we understand what He did, and that's what the gospel does. When the gospel's preached, and we understand, we, we know that we've been separated from the Father, and we need to be redeemed by His blood. And we understand that, and we know that. What what that causes us to do, because we know he laid his life down, now we just want, we want to please that person. We want to please him. We want to do all that we can to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. We're going to talk about that inheritance a little bit who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I want us to look right back up in verse 9. It says that, uh, For this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will, in all wisdom in spiritual understanding. And these are the things that we want to pray for. That God would give us. That He would fill us with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom in spiritual understanding. And we're kind of talking about that here and getting a, and wanting to get a full understanding about the kingdom of God and who we are positionally in Christ. Because when we're preaching the gospel to the lost, we don't want to say to them, we don't want to just say to them, hey, this is great being a Christian, it's wonderful, God wants to bless you, come over here and come to God. It's The gospel's more than that, and we want to be able to share more of the gospel with them and have that understanding so that it will mean more to them. Because if they don't really know how that God and and He was our authority and He created all those things and then we don't really know how that and they don't know how that He He died for us in that act of love and that how that 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 He did this just just out of not not because of any selfish motivation any selfish reason nothing like that it was just pure 
100% love. Just 100%. And when we can communicate that to someone else, and they see their need for a Savior because they see how they rejected that, they've rejected and they've rebelled against that, and now they see what God's done, oh, God did that for me, it brings a greater understanding more so than I'm just wanting to come to God for a better life. Now, I'm going to tell you, coming to God, you know, it is a better life. How many can just testify to that, that it is a better life coming to God? But that's not the only thing that we want to communicate. We want to communicate more than that. We want to be able to share Christ's sacrifice in a way that that they'll understand that, wow, oh my goodness, He did that for me. And so now they'll want to serve Him. They'll want to walk worthy unto the Lord, unto all pleasing. They'll want to please the Lord. So when we share, we want to be able to share the full picture of His eternal kingdom because we've become a citizen of that eternal kingdom. And with that becomes a responsibility. And it's more than just, okay, I want to come here so I can get blessed. Now, this is not to say that God doesn't want to bless you because I want to talk about that this morning because God wants to bless you. He wants to bless me. He wants to bless His children. Just like I want to bless my children. I want to provide for them. God wants to do that. And it can be something that we can share with others when we, but we want to do it with a fuller picture of the gospel. Not just that one part. We want to have it in connection with that. And when we look at Matthew 6.33, and we're going to break this down again, and I get more and more revelation, the more and more I see this scripture. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now see, this is the order. And this is also the order that we preach the gospel. When we tell others, we say, first, you're going to seek the kingdom of God. What does that mean? Well, let's go back to what the kingdom, what the definition of what we said. We said it was dominion, His rule, His lordship. We'll read it in the Greek one more time. As soon as I can find it in my notes. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to find it. Royal power, kingship, dominion, rule. Not to be confused with an actual kingdom. Rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. So it's His royal power, His kingship, His dominion. We're going to seek that first. In other words, I'm going to subject myself to God, submit myself to Him, and become a citizen. I'm going to become a citizen of His kingdom. That's what I'm going to do first. That's the first thing. I'm going to seek that. How, and the thing, when you seek something out, you know, in this way, we're we're talking about how do I become a citizen of heaven? How do I become a citizen of God? How do I become part of His kingdom? How do I become a Christian? That's really what we're talking about. How do I become... Seek first. This is what we're to seek first. And then it says, And His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now let's first let's look at righteousness for a minute. And His righteousness. Now see, that's the repentance part. See, when you repent, you think different. And when you begin to think different, remember what we've talked about the last four weeks, it brings you from a state of unrighteousness to a state of what? Righteousness. So hopefully this is all coming together just in this one scripture. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God, 
I'm going to be a citizen of heaven, give my life to him, believe that he rose from the dead. I know what he did. I'm now, oh, I understand now. I've got to be a part of his redemptive rule, his reign. I've got to be a part of that. And I've got to be righteous. I've got to change the way I live. I've got to repent from my sins, think differently from the way I've been living my life. And now I've got to live a little different. So that's what it says, seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I'm going from a state of unrighteousness to a state of righteousness. And then when I do that, because now I'm in the kingdom, and now all these things shall be added unto you. Now what does he mean by all these things? What is that? Well, we look at verse 25, which was up before, and he was talking, we're going to put this in context. And he says, Therefore I say unto you, this is Jesus talking, Take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? And he continues on in that same vein, talking about, uh, you know, don't take thought for your life. Don't take thought for what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, all those things. So in other words, now let's go look back at Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God is righteous and these things. These things is protection and provision. Because of what we just read in context, right? Protection, provision. Don't t- take thought for your life. Don't take thought for, for you know, your, your, your provisions, your things. So in other words, this is, this is things. This is stuff. We're getting provision. We're getting protection. Now let's read this verse, Matthew 6, 33, and let's read it a little different. But seek first the royal power, the kingship, the dominion and rule of God over your life, and His righteousness, and He will give you protection and provision all the days of your life. Amen? Couldn't we read it like that? Couldn't we read it a little different? Couldn't we plug in those words there in the context of what he was talking about? Let me give you an example. The day my son and my daughter, you know, the day they were born, they became Halls. H-A-L-L. The day they were born, they came out, they pronounced the time. I think he was born at, what is it, 9.15 at night or something like that? 9.30? She knows. See, I don't remember all these things. I don't know. I just know I was there with the catcher's mitt. That's all I No, I'm just uh, kidding. So, my first child, Joshua, was born at 9.03 p.m. He was there, and I, I helped. Okay, I was there. I was coaching, you can do it, you can do it. 9.03, he became a hall at that second. As soon as he was what? Born. The second you become born, you are now a citizen of the kingdom of God. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. When he became a hall... He became privy to a whole lot of things. What did he become privy to? These things. Protection. Provision. So I provided for him. I gave him these things. We gave him a diaper. (laughs) First of all, the nurse said, let me show you how to do it because I didn't know how to do it. She's showing me how. And he squirted her right off the bat. I said, better you than me. 
<laughs> so I learned something right there. While I'm protecting him, I got to protect myself too. Get a shield going on. Right? That's right. After she left, I just stroked him and said, Good shot. <laughs> Good deal. I thought it was great. Well, let me show you how to do it. First, you do this. Next thing you know, right in the eye. All right, so provision, protection. We're going to feed them. We're going to clothe them. We're going to do these things. When we come, when we're born again, we automatically become a citizen of the kingdom of God. And He provides for us. And now as, as He matured, and as He began to mature, there were certain things that He could do on His own without even asking permission. Without even trying to figure out how or why. As he got older and as he began to grow. And Sarah, same thing. As she began to get older and as she began to grow, she didn't have to ask to do certain things. One of the things they do now, and she's the asker. She asks a lot of times. I said, why are you at? You know you can do it. Well, I just want to make sure. Which is a good thing. Now, Joshua, he just, he just goes, he just does it. Now, he asks sometimes. But as they get older, as they mature, and as they begin, there's certain things they don't have to ask about. One of the things they don't have to ask about in my house is at 10 a.m. pretty much every morning, and we do homeschooling, they're allowed to have a snack. They're allowed to get a snack. And Joshua knows he's allowed to go and get one of these homemade granola bars that my wife makes. Now, my youngest son has has dubbed these granola bars because they're kind of big, and they're, I mean, they'll they'll fill you up some, and and they're just really, really good. And he's called them the mominators, okay? (laughs) Because, you know, these granola bars are a little bigger than a normal granola bar. So, my son knows he can go down and get a mominator at 10 a.m. every day. And he can get this thing without asking. Because why? He's entitled to it. He's already got permission. He can just go and he can just get it. And see, the thing is, is the Lord has provided so many things for us. And so many times we're asking permission for it rather than just standing on the Word of God that He's already promised and claim it. Amen. Yes. See, when you become a citizen of heaven, God wants to begin to bless you. But, and at, but we don't realize it, we don't understand all of it until as we begin to mature and the more and more we dig in His Word, we find out those things that God wants to bless us with and that He's promised us and then we can stand. Now see, when he was a baby, he he has no idea how to do it. He doesn't have the ability. He doesn't have the knowledge. He doesn't have any of the things to go feed himself. we got to feed him. Thank the Lord I don't have to do that anymore. (laughs) All my children, they can eat, they can feed themselves. Now Aaron still needs a little training on the messy part, but, you know, because he wears his food too, but... He can at least eat it, and I don't have to put it in his mouth for him. So I just have to do the work just to wipe his mouth. I don't have to wipe his mouth. He knows how to do that. So there's just different levels. More and more as they get older, more and more. I don't have to do those things. And the more and more that we learn the Word, the more and more that we're in the Word, the more that we understand what God wants to bless us with. And the first thing that we're automatically entitled to right off the bat is provision and protection. If we've sought first, as it says in Matthew 6.33, the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and we've done that, now we're going to get these things, which is protection and provision. Now, it doesn't stop there. Somebody say hallelujah. (laughs) Because we don't get 
just protection and provision. We get saturation. Saturation. I want you to remember this word. This is, this is good, church. I want us to look at Psalms 23, verse 1. A Psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd. Let's just stop right there. Shepherd. In other words, the Lord is my shepherd. He is the one who is over my life. He is the one who's ruling over my life. See how David right off, this was wording that was submitting to the king right off the bat. Just with that statement right there. The Lord is my shepherd. I submit to Him. Remember, Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. His redemptive rule over your life. His rule, right? That's what David's doing right off the bat. He says, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, this word, I shall not want, means this. Not lacking or go without. In other words, I will have all I need. I'll have all I need. When the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for anything. I'll have it all. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now let's look back up at verse 5. You notice we've underlined a couple of phrases on here. You have anointed. You have anointed my head with oil. This phrase, you have been anointed, you have anointed means to be fat, become prosperous. Become prosperous. Talking about fat, talking about prosperity. You know these people that run around here saying God doesn't want you to be prosperous? Show them this verse. Show them this because God does want you to be prosperous. He wants you to prosper, to be fat. Now look, my cup overflows. Now you look up this word overflows. It literally means one word, saturation. Saturation. Well, see, when a cup is overflowing, you've got what? More than you need. Not just what you need. you got more than what you need. Well, why do I need more? So you can help somebody else. Amen. 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 Come on, church. Amen. Amen. This is good stuff. Look, grab a hold of this. Have you ever heard Psalms 23 broke down like this? Did you ever think of Psalms 23 in this way? Have you ever looked at it like this? I I mean, this is good. So I'm going to get saturated. Now, it gets even better. (laughs) Because this word, overflows, is translated wealthy in Psalm 66.12. That's what he's talking about with saturation. In other words, he wants you to be prosperous. He wants to supply all that you need. And then he wants to go a step over that and give you more than what you need. But what do we got to do first? We've got to seek the kingdom of God. We've got to make Him, verse 1, 
The Lord is my shepherd. That is the key. And when we're not submitted to the king and we're over here doing our own thing, how can the king, because we're not over with the king in his house, we're not being a good citizen, how can he not pour into that cup and let it overflow? Right? So it's conditional. It's conditional. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now let's talk about this verse just a moment. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. This is positional. Again, are you in the house? Are you in the kingdom? Are you in the house? When my son is in the house, he's mine. He's a hall. My daughter, when she said, they're a hall. They're in the house. They dwell in the house. And they have certain rights and privileges within my house. Yes, there are rules and they have to follow those rules. And they have to submit to the authority that is over the house. There are rules that that God has set up in His Word. There are commandments that He's spoken to us. And we have to submit ourselves to those commandments, those rules. They're there for our benefit. I have rules in my house for their benefit. Are you grabbing a hold of this just a little bit? Because when you're in the house, you're getting blessed. When you're not in the house, you're not getting blessed. Who wants to be blessed? Let's make sure we're in the house. Amen? Amen. That's what we want. God wants to bless you. And when you look at this in the context of the gospel and preaching the gospel and being a citizen of heaven, it really makes sense. And see, we have to have a balance when we're talking about the gospel. We've talked about that. But we've got people, because we've been so imbalanced before, just talking about how great it is over here and how much God wants to bless you, come over here and come to Christ. And they don't talk about the repentance part they don't talk about how you got to think differently. You got to look. You got to look at this a little different. And they're just they just talk about the bless me part. And so now people have gone. Well, we can't tell. We can't tell anybody that God wants to bless them. That's hogwash. Just do it in context. Just put it in context. Just have the balance. Just show them because people are going to look at your life. Anybody when their cup is overflowing, they're looking at you going, man, that, man, his cup's overflowing. Her cup. I mean. They got it all. Man, they got it going on. They've got, they're going to wonder why. And when they wonder why, it's okay to tell them why. Because I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. The Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I don't have to want for anything. Somebody give me an amen. 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 Other promises that God gives us. He gives us salvation. Mercy, greatness, answers to prayer, life, healing, the power to bind and loose, peace, joy, wisdom, freedom from condemnation, assurance, guidance, righteousness, victory, abundant uh, grace, newness of life. Now, we, we don't have time, but you can look at Psalms 103, the first 12 verses in verse 18. He's talking about uh, the benefits. Forget not all His benefits. There is a benefit to submitting to God to submitting to His rule, to being in His kingdom. And those benefits are listed there in Psalms 103 for further study. If you want to just write that down, Psalms 103, study that out. There's some more there. This morning, I want us, I want us to pray. And we, we talked about Colossians chapter 1. And we looked at verse 9 through 14. And you can pray this. You can pray this. And we had our, our last small group meeting and, and, and Landy prayed this, this scripture over our small group. 
for all of us and put our names in there. Now, we don't have time to put everybody's name in this this morning. But I'm going to have Landy come forward here this morning and pray this Scripture. Pray this Scripture passage over all of us. Can we all stand? And he's going to put the connection here. Oh, sorry. And church, I want you just to agree with this prayer. Check one, two. All right. I want you just to come in agreement as he prays over this. This is something that the Lord showed Landy and he's been doing for a while and he puts on his prayer request for me to pray for him and for our staff to pray for him, to put his name and his family and put their names in that scripture and pray that. So I've been praying this passage of scripture. I've been praying it over Landy and then he prays it over us because I want to walk worthy. I want to have that knowledge and that wisdom. Uh, We need this. I want to have the knowledge and the wisdom from God and that we would walk worthy before Him. That we would serve the King of Kings and serve Him and be loyal subjects to Him. Walking worthy before Him and we know that our cup's going to overflow when we do that. Amen? Amen. So this morning... Can we do this this morning? Can we just lift our hands to heaven and as he prays, just receive this prayer over your life. Receive this. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for the word on today. And in obedience to your word, you said in 1 John five fourteen that this is the confidence that we have in you, that if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. So we thank you as we pray your word here in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14, that you hear us. And you didn't leave it at that. You said that when you hear us, we know that we have the petition that we desire of you. This morning, Father, my desire is that each family here today, the Connection family, will be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding for their homes, for their marriages, for their children, for their finances, for their career decisions, for their assignments in the body of Christ, for their physical bodies. That each would walk worthy of you, Lord, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. That they will be strengthened with all might, according to your glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Always found giving thanks unto you, Father, which you have made them to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. For you have delivered each one of them from the power of darkness and have translated them into the kingdom of your dear Son, in whom they have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So we believe we receive this morning your great plans, your great provisions. In Jesus' name, amen.